it's recording. Hey everyone, this is Anna and welcome to Survive HR. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine, Anna. It's always nice to be here with you uh, on another beautiful day in South Carolina. It is a beautiful day. It's getting colder though every single day. So I don't know the cold air. Are you still out there bike riding and stuff? I'm doing the best I can. It's a little cooler, but hey, it's December, so it's supposed to be cooler. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm actually kind of thankful for it because sometimes in South Carolina, we've got 70 degree weather in winter. So it's kind of nice to feel like we're actually in winter. But uh, well, I wanted to go ahead and talk about something real quick before we get into our topic for today. And that is our partners at RWP. We always kind of start off by talking about them, but I want to make a special announcement that the webinar series is live. We are ready to roll that out. It's starting in January. Now, basically, to give you guys the information in regards to what this is, is so a lot of the RWP lead programs, which are um, programs designed to develop better leaders, right? All those have previously been done in person. But we heard from a lot of people that although they would love to make it in person, it just didn't make sense for them to travel or, you know, lots of different factors regarding that. And so to solve that issue, our team decided to come up with this webinar series. So it's a seven part series if you want to get the certification. Now, there are options for you if you want to just do a single course or a couple courses here and there. You just won't receive that final certification. But to get that certification, the seven-part webinar series starting in January, um, and we'll have speakers like Steve Nail that's on the podcast with us. We'll have Lori Lane, who uh, was an executive in training and development at Disney. Um, we'll also have Dr. Jeff Moore, who's currently working um, at Anderson University as a professor, but has had a lot of different experience in HR, um, including doing a project with Walgreens. Um, and we will also have John Pryor joining us as well, who also has a variety of experience in that legal background in legal and HR, especially in the manufacturing industry. So it's going to be a very exciting series. Um, and there will be a link in the description to this podcast in order to sign up for that series. Now it's $350 total for all of that, which I think is a great, great, great deal considering the great value that you're getting from it. Um, but if you do decide to go the individual course route, it'd be $75 per course. So dad, do you have anything else to say about that? Well, I can't, honestly, I think it's a, a great opportunity for a couple of reasons. One is it's, it's broken into segments. So it's like once a month. And it's up for an hour or so a month. It's going to be interactive. It is, you can do it from the convenience of your desk and sit there and listen to it and engage um, with the, with everybody that's on the call uh, participating as well. It is an outstanding value, as you've already mentioned. And I'll tell you, we know, and I think I may have mentioned this in one of our other uh, podcasts when we were talking about it, but we know that one of the primary um, retention tools is development, and particularly of, well, all people, but particularly the younger generation, the folks that haven't been in the workplace a long time. So if you've got folks that you think 
uh, are in, they, maybe they're new managers, maybe they're folks that you want to make uh, leaders in your organization, put them through this course because it is the most inexpensive way for them to get uh, a benefit, some learning, to be a better employee, um, to think maybe differently than they thought in the past. So I, I, I mean, I just think it's a, a whale of a deal and uh, very convenient. It's not like sitting in a conference all day long or anything else. So, um, and you get HRCI uh, and SHRM cert, uh, recertification credits. So through this whole series, you should get at least seven hours of uh, recertification credit if you are a certified HR professional. But it, I think it's a great way to put your teams through it. Uh, any up and coming leaders, any high potential people, uh, it would be great. And it'll be quite uh, diverse in the offering. And uh, each kind of segment will build and be additive to the next one. So I'm looking forward to it. I am as well. And I would agree with you. I think it's a great opportunity um, for people to train and develop those future leaders and their leaders who they might currently have, but maybe those people just want to become even better leaders, right? And hearing from people who have been um, in the industry, have been in HR, have been in you know training and development, lots of different aspects um, for many, many years. You know, it's invaluable training and information that people will certainly receive. Well, moving on from that, I want to talk a little bit about our topic for today. I know we're entering Christmas season, which is my favorite time of the year, Dad. I'm not sure if it is for you, but it's my favorite time. I know it's a very full season for most people, but it's a really wonderful time of the year. But we are going to talk a little bit today about kindness at work because, you know, I think that this is a season where people are thinking about being grateful about things and they're thinking about how can um, maybe they can improve for next year and things like that. And I think that being kind is something that it's often talked about, but I'm not sure that people actually do as great of a job at it as they think they do. And so we're going to talk a little bit about an article that we read, but also just talk about maybe some of our experiences with kindness in the workplace. So dad, I mean, what are your thoughts, first of all, about kindness in the workplace and what that means to you? Well, I think that no matter what generation you are, you know, and we've got at least five generations now working in the in the workplace. Kindness is a wonderful attribute. I think, and I don't think that's a recent development. Uh, I think that's something that's been there. However, I believe people are much more aware of that and the, aware of the need for kindness in the workplace today. And if you think about it, many of the folks, most of the folks that listen to this podcast are in HR leadership or other leader, man, say managerial leadership of some sort. So if they are doing that, um, I mean, think about how do you learn? How do you learn um you know, your skill set, basically. I mean, you can study it in a book, that sort of thing. But most of the time, our leadership skills are observed. I mean, obviously, you can do things like the, the, the training series that we just talked about and learn things that are beneficial to developing you as a leader. But a lot of the leadership is learned. So there's an awesome, uh, you know, a, a fairly awesome responsibility, if you think about it in that, those terms, from from leaders uh, that they often don't think about. And that is 
There's lots of eyes on them. And a lot of these the younger people, whether people know it or not, the people that will be coming after them to lead or go into leadership positions are learning their leadership traits from their current leaders or the past leaders they've had. And then their leadership style is some sort of conglomeration of that plus whatever learning they've had that subsidizes or um, yeah, subsidizes that uh, that observe, observe, observations of learning. So uh, if you're a not a good leader, if you are somebody that is a kind of abusive to people, uh, not patient with them, uh, don't really care about people or not viewed as caring about them, um, you're not equitable to people, then that's the way, you know, I mean, you're creating leaders that are going to have those same kind of traits many times going forward. So uh, being kind uh, is, yes, a something you can talk about a lot, but what does that look like and how do you how do you ensure that you're kind? I will say this, and we're going to talk about kind of what this looks like in just a minute, but I think that one thing that I was thinking about while reading this article is I think, now I could be wrong and we can maybe talk about this further and see, you know, if we agree or disagree on this. But I think that kindness looks different for different people, right? I mean, you talk about the five love languages. Some people like gifts. Some people like words of affirmation. Some people like quality time, which quality time at work. I mean, that's anyway, that's not really a conversation. I mean, you're with people all day, every day. So usually there's a certain point quality time. You're good after a while at work, but how, I mean, I would say this, you know, I've probably had managers in the past and I've had a lot of different managers. There's not one that I'm particularly calling out or anything like that. I've had managers who probably thought they were being kind, but I didn't see them as being a very kind person. Um, And it could just be because we have personality differences. It could be that they expressed kindness or showed um, gratitude or thankfulness in a different way than I would. And so, I mean, do you agree with that? You know, how do you really measure what kindness is when everybody kind of considers kindness to look different in many ways? I think, I think there is some truth in that for sure. I mean, you know, perception is reality for those people with the perception, whatever that perception is. So, uh, yes, I think, I think somebody could view themselves as kind, uh, or caring and other people don't, but again, we need to be really self-aware of the words we use of the tone we use when we speak to people and that sort of thing. And I, I, however, I do think there are certain things that even if you've got different personalities, um, which will, you know, it w- results in in um, needing to interact with them differently, which is also one of the subjects that we'll cover in the RWP uh, training is is personality differences and how to deal with them. That is all true, and you'll if you adjust your um, responses and interactions to better match their personality, you'll have a better result. That being said, though, I think there are overall things, you know, just overall uh, that's kind of universally shows kindness. 
in in the person. Now, whether the receiver of it thinks it's as kind as it may be or doesn't or more so, whatever, that's going to vary. But I do think there's certain things that just show kindness regardless of personality, the, the, the person on the receiving end of it and their personality. Well, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, what does kindness at work look like, right? And so, you know, when I was reading this article, it gives a lot of different um, ways that kindness can look. And I actually, probably one of my favorite parts of this article was it talked about in order to be kinder at work, you need to practice self-care. So when you are not, you know, taking care of yourself, right? If you um, are burnt out, if you are just upset all the time due to something maybe going on in your personal life, um, et cetera, then actually, usually that does affect the people around you. And so what I like about this article is actually it starts out by saying, like you just talked about dad, that self-awareness, right? How am I showing up at work every day? Um, you know, am I exhausted? Am I not uh, able to turn work off when I get home? So I'm working all day and I'm working all night and I never have any time to do something that really kind of fills my cup up. So I thought that that was a really important distinction um, is that first you need to evaluate how am I showing up at work? Um, how am I acting? And then, um, you know, it talks about, for example, if you arrive late or you're not completing your task on time, other people will have to take on that work you failed to complete, um, which then will cause stress and frustration for them. So it is important that you're showing up at work first. Um, and then it says well, to really things... be intentional about establishing relationships and stuff like that. So what are some of your thoughts about that, Dad? Well, one of the things I would say is, yeah, I think it's important and, you know, personal, your personal life and your work life, people say they can really separate them and they, to some degree they can, but, but if you're having, if, if you're not, if you're not good all around, you're not going to be your best. So if something's wrong in your home life or with your kids and you're focused on that or you're not sleeping well or you're not getting exercise or eating right or whatever, those things will start to affect your your uh, personality, your attitude. You know, you won't have the energy that you need uh, to engage people properly. So I absolutely, um, you know, agree with that. The other thing that's interesting, and most people wouldn't wouldn't acknowledge that is as a kindness attribute. But if you think about it, it is, and that is doing your job well. I mean, after all, just what I said when we were opening, as a leader, you're setting an example and others are learning from you. And how can you really go and be telling people they need to do something, they need to work harder or longer or whatever it is that you're telling them to do, even if you did it with kindness, and yet you're not doing your job well. You're you're causing other people to to have to cover for you or do more because you're not doing what you need to be doing. I mean, that in and of itself is not very kind of you to do. I mean, the right thing is to is to, I think, hold yourself to higher standards, uh, show people that you are, you know, and, and 
demonstrate that you are working um, smart and hard and, and doing a good job. And I think that helps because that's, again, sets an example and other people will hopefully follow suit and they, they can't ever sit around and say, Hey, our leader, yeah, you know, he tell he talks one game, he or she, but they, they, uh, you know, they're playing another one. They're not doing what they say they, they what we need. Well, to and, I, it, and I agree with that. I want to go back to that earlier point that you made about, you can't necessarily turn off your personal life at work. And I actually am aware, I mean, I've had many times, right, where my manager or somebody else is going through something hard. And it's actually really helpful when people tell you what is going on. I feel like that's a kind thing at work is, hey, guess what, you know, hey, I just wanted to let you all know my father passed away or something like that, because I feel like that's expressing kindness to people to let them in on the fact that maybe you aren't going to be, as I like to call it, firing on all cylinders for Mm -hmm. a week or two while you're kind of overcoming some of the grief of what's going on in your life. Or um, I know somebody who was in this situation recently and their grandson is um, going through cancer. And so letting people in at work on that, I would say that that's a very kind thing to do to allow people into your personal life when appropriate. Now, if you're going through divorce or something, you know, maybe only certain people, maybe not everybody needs to know, but at least somebody at work knowing what's going on, because there will be times when it's going to be harder for you to show up like you normally would at work, but you need to allow people into that part of your life because that's also that's the kind thing to do for you and for them so that they know, you know, maybe they've been a little bit um, short with me this week or they've had a little bit of a different attitude than I'm used to. It just lets people in on on why that's going on. Um, and so I just want to make sure that I mention that as well, because I know that there was a time in my life where I was going through something similar. While it didn't affect my job too much, it did re- uh it did affect me in some ways. And so I was able to share that with a few, with a few people at work. And it really, um, I think was kind to the people I was working with so that they knew, you know, if they said something or if I acted, you know, like I was a little bit off, they knew why that was going on. Yeah. You know, one thing that's, that's kind of interesting about kindness is that you can never give it away typically Mm. because it always comes back and generally uh you know in 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 more abundance than you give it uh so that's an if you think about it and if you are kind i mean people won't i mean if you're intentionally kind you know uh, to people including remote workers who that's a, there's a lot of remote workers and oftentimes we kind of because they're out of sight they're out of mind but if you intentionally do that i mean i think people truly understand the uh the intentions of of it that you're trying to be kind that you're trying to understand and i think they will reciprocate and that really makes for a much better you think about it, a much better work relationship a much better working culture than than you might otherwise have so I would say, yeah, reach out with intention, be intentionally kind to people and people, you, like I said, you can't give it away because it's just going to keep coming back and, and mm. uh, probably in, in, in greater amounts than you give out. 
one thing that talks on this article as well is being kind um, with your feedback or being conscientious about the feedback that you're sharing. And I love that they actually explain the difference between being nice and kind. That nice can come across as disingenuine and kind is comes across as much more genuine. And it's actually kind to give feedback to someone, right? Especially as a manager, especially when you're in close contact with them. If you have that sort of relationship where or if they ask you right directly, hey, you know, what did you think of that call? Could I have done anything better? It's actually very kind to give people that feedback. Um, and it's crucial to their growth. But I also think that it's crucial to your own growth. But I think that the way, of course, that we go about giving feedback and being very conscientious of how we're doing that is extremely important. Um, but I mean, what are your thoughts there, Dad? Well, I think I think there's uh, well, I think there's one thing about that that that's really important, and that is, if you think about it, and if the listeners think about it, I mean, are you how do you receive kind of constructive feedback from somebody that you don't really like or you don't think really cares about you? It's mm. not going to be well received. However, mm. if you if you if you think, and I can tell you just from a personal perspective, if somebody that I really respect, I really like, and I believe they have my best interest at heart, gives me feedback that's constructive yet not, maybe it's critical, it's a critical, let's say critical feedback. I'm much more receptive and listen to that and take it to heart and try to act upon it than if it's somebody that I don't really think my, has my best interest at, at, at heart that I don't really respect. And don't really care for. So that's another reason, you know, if you're kind and are genuine to people that when it comes to constructive feedback, it's a much better outcome and result than if you're not being kind to them. The other thing that I would say about this is that's the kind of the negative side of it. But if you, if you, I think and, and many people talk about this, but if you recognize and acknowledge other people, um, that's really important in, in, in our specific in the acknowledgement. I try to, to do this, you know, I try to be specific on my positive feedback and look, I'm a baby boomer. I'm not a millennial, you know, you're not going to get a ton of kudos from a baby boomer. Typically, you know, we're, we're not the, we're not typically going to tell you every day you do a great job because you came to work today and you were on time. And, if you think about it to me, I mean, you know, it is because I'm a baby boomer, maybe, but that's that that means that whenever a baby boomer gives you feedback and is specific and says, hey, Anna, you know, something that report you did, that was really well done. The way you the the you wrote it well, I could tell you thought through the process, you know, it was great. You know, being that specific with it is is really important. And I think acknowledging teams, you know, and other people's work and not taking the credit for it yourself is a very good attribute for a leader and shows kindness. One of the best leaders that I've ever known. Uh, and it was amazing how it worked. Okay. This person never took credit for anything. You know, he would always, if somebody said, Hey, yeah, that was really a great job. You did. 
he would start naming out, well, so-and-so really did this and so-and-so over here really did that. And so-and-so over here. And so he's naming off everybody else, but himself that did the, that did the job. And you know what? Mm -hmm. Guess what? It's just like that kindness thing I talked about. All those people, how do you think they felt about that leader? And how do you think they talked about him behind his back or to upper upper level managers uh, in the company? They spoke extremely high. He had tons of people singing his praises. And I think a lot of it was because of that one attribute of not taking the credit for basically anything. Um, but giving the credit to others, even if they didn't necessarily do, you know, I mean, they were a team player, they did something, but you know, maybe they weren't quite as important as he made them sound, but, but they did it. And you know what happened to that person in the end? Mm -mm. He became the president of the company. Hmm. So it's, I mean, to me, it was just, it was just a, uh, I mean, something I'll never forget, you know, and, and I don't know if I, but it was something I noticed immediately. I noticed it about him. I noticed it in his style. And this has been years and years ago. And I don't know if I do it as well as he does, but I always try to think about, you know, giving credit where credit's due and not just taking the glory for everybody else's work. That to me is an act of, mm -hmm. of leadership and kindness all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. I would completely agree. And I think that, you know, they do talk about, like you just said, they talk about giving the recognition um, and things like that. And, you know, I think that, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how do you keep employees engaged? How do you keep your employees? I'll be honest, the current market that we're in, we're just not going to see a lot of people staying past five years at most companies. Regardless, there's not much that you can do. And I say that like in the kindest way. That's my opinion. There is not a ton that you can physically do as an organization to really keep and retain those employees. But one retention technique is to do what that man was doing, right? Mm -hmm. Is to practice kindness at work. And it really starts at the top down. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's when you start to practice those little small things. What he was doing does not, at least for me, does not sound per particularly hard or difficult. I mean, he's just giving credit where it's due, right? He wasn't shelling out a lot of money. He wasn't doing, you know, these big parties at his house to try to make everybody like him. He was just simply actively thinking through who did this, who did this, who did this, who did this, and then sharing that with people when they would give him praise or feedback. And so it isn't particularly difficult to do. Um, I would say that people probably ended up staying if they were working for him longer than most people would now. Um, I guess that doesn't mean that nobody ever left his leadership, but I'm sure that when people were leaving his leadership, they ended up not doing it because of him, but maybe just due to other factors. And they were probably very thankful for how he approached his leadership style. Yeah, I think there, you know, I think the other thing that's really important, at least for me, and it goes back to really being intentional when you talk to me, is knowing something about them, knowing something about their family, knowing something, you know, 
about their spouse, if they have a spouse, knowing something about their pets so you can engage them in, in discussions about that. And when they mention something or you can follow up and ask them, well, how's how's your child doing? They were sick last week. Things things like that mean a lot to people. And I can tell you, I don't know if I'm a good leader or not. There would probably be people that would say, no, he's not very good. But what, one of the things that I'm proud of and that I think has actually worked for me in my career I worked for 16 years at Michelin. I had one person retire that worked for me. Uh, one person, and that was an admin. She worked there until she retired for me. I had another person that was an attorney that worked for me whose husband took a job in another state and she left. And other than that, no one left my employment my, my uh as my direct report for 16 years when i mm -hmm. worked for hubble i worked for them for 13 years and in 13 years no one that directly worked for me other than uh, one lady that retired at 65 or 66 years old no one ever left um working for me and mm -hmm. since i've been at the university i've had one retirement one person that went back into business to be a president of a company, uh, which I don't, I don't blame him for. And then one person transferred to another school and she was not, uh, an, uh, you know, a direct, um, she worked for me, but she was an off a remote kind of a remote person. And so the first year she transferred to, uh, uh, down to her home state in Texas. So for me, if you look at that, that's basically, it's probably 35 years of employment, whatever that would be, 13, 16, 8. And to me, that means I'm doing something right um, with with people. And, and that's all the generations, including millennials and everything else, uh, and Zs, um, they just... Uh, they, you know, and I'm proud of that. I think that's a good, that's the one thing I can hang out and say, if I've done something right, it must be at least engaging the people that work for me in a way that they want to stay. You should be very proud of that. And I've had an opportunity to work with you some, and I've told you this, that one thing that I really appreciate about you is that you put a lot of trust in me and in the people that work for you. You are definitely not the definition of a micromanager in any way, shape, or form. Um, you do like things to get done in a timely manner, but you also allow us the opportunity to um, to do it on our own before you tell us how it should be done. And I really appreciate that about you because I think that one um, way that managers do not practice being kind is they tell people this is what it needs to be done. This is what it should, you know, you should do it, et cetera, which in some ways they might think that that's being kind, maybe manufacturing, et cetera. There are certain ways that you should do things. I'm not saying that's not always the way, but there are many times when you have to allow people to do things on their own because it could end up being better than what you had originally planned. Um, or if it isn't what you were looking for, then you can give them that feedback in a kind way to let them know how it could be better, but at least they had the opportunity to try. And even if they failed, you know, they had that opportunity, but you should be very proud of that. Um, 
I think that that's all that I have for today. Do you have anything else before we go, Dad? No, I was just going to say that's it's that's really a good point because, but I'll tell you why I do that, and I've done that my entire career. Um, the reason is because I I don't think I'm I don't think I'm the smartest person in the world. You know, I think I think I've got some value and I've got a perspective, but you hire, you should hire people. You don't want people to check their brains at the door. You want them to come in. You want them to utilize those brains. I like to see people's ideas and thoughts and ways of doing things because oftentimes that can, that will end up in a better result than if I tell somebody what needs to be, you know, how I want it done with it, with, with excruciating detail, because, okay, that's my thought. But if I add your thoughts or anybody else's thoughts to it, then theirs may be actually better than mine. It may have a better outcome or it may stimulate and change the way I would think about it. So you blend them together and you have a better outcome. I think that, you know, is something that leaders should actually do a lot more of, you know, because that also engages people and people feel valued. They, they, um, uh, they they feel like their ideas are taken seriously and that they're mm-hmm. contributing to the organization. And again, that's something that's universal across every generation in the workplace. They all want to all want to do that. Not maybe every single individual, but I think most people want to feel like they're valued, that their ideas are taken seriously, and that they contribute to the organization. You are one hundred percent correct. Well, I thought that that was a great topic for today, Dad. As always. Thank you for joining me, or I don't know, should I say that I've been joining you since you originally started the podcast? I'm not sure, but thanks for joining me again, Dad. (laughs) My pleasure. Always enjoy it. And I thank the listeners out there. uh, And I don't know when we'll, if we'll issue another one, we probably will before Christmas, but maybe it may become my, but if not, I wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. If you haven't rated us, go on. Uh, iTunes and and rate us a five if you like us. We'd much appreciate it. Merry Christmas, guys. Bye.